Hey agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. So today, Darren and I wanted to explore being a leader for your agency and do an exploration a bit as well of, you know, the difference between being what we view in the public world as, you know, being a leader of a country like Churchill, Obama, or, you know, Roosevelt versus being a business leader like Mark Cuban or Warren Buffett, or, you know, how do you apply the differences between those different personality types and leadership characteristics and apply them to your business? I think it's really important that you recognize the amount of power that there is around you as the agency owner. You are and should be the driving force of your agency. If you're not energetic about how your agency is performing and what it is that you're doing, then why is your team going to be? If you're not excited, don't want to jump out of bed to get to work on Monday, why would you expect your employees to be and your team to be, you know? And I think it's incredibly important to recognize and I you know, personally have had, I'm, you know, a human, just like all of you guys, I I have the same sort of ebb and flows in my energy levels and excitement and motivation, but recognizing those places in myself and how I need to work on my own personal development. I don't think that any of us were born. And as they, they talk about, you know, being born to be a leader, I don't think it just works that way where you just, you know, come out of the womb and yeah, I'm going to start being able to motivate people and be that person. I think it's important to recognize that it's something that is curated, is created. It's something that you have to develop. I was going to ask you a question. What do you see as being those differences in, in being just the the leader of, you know, country and just being able to lead people at work or, or be the, the leader of your agency? Like, What do you see the differences in those situations? So I think that the, the primary difference between the two is a leader of a country, those public figure leaders, are trying to, you know, push the masses. Mm-hmm. And being a business leader, your focus, and they, they both should be visionaries of what they're looking to actually paint a picture. But the difference is, is that when you're talking about being a business leader, you're trying to actually curate and create a pool of people, a tribe of people that are able to have the same ideas, the same morals, the same vision, the same desire together with commonality of their interests, of their goals, of the things that they enjoy, and allowing for you to be able to take people together and put people together that have very complementary ways that they look at things and very complementary characteristics and things that they're very good at to allow for the business to be able to thrive and survive. I mean, I think that the one of the most important pieces of being a business leader is recognizing all of those pieces, and there's a ton of them, of the things that you're not good at and finding the people around you and putting the people around you that are good at those things. 
there's tons of things that I'm not good at and none of them I will mention in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, recognizing all those things that, you know, you're not good at and it isn't part of your natural characteristics as a human being and recognizing those things and finding the people around you that are able to, you know, really truly build into it. And I think it's important to help foster and motivate and excite and bring people together and really truly focus on building a tribe at your business. I think that's interesting that you say that you kind of spoke about it a little bit, but you want to bring people together that kind of identify with like the direction that you're going in. Do you not feel or do you see that there's been like a change in place where it's I feel like before in different generations, just kind of like an all hands on deck, whoever I can get my hands on that kind of can do this work. I don't care if they're loud. I don't care if they, just as long as they get the work done kind of thing. Have you been seeing that, that shift in the agency space as well? I mean, I, I think it's a cultural shift across the entire world, you know, and no offense to the older generations, but you have the, the difference between, you know, the baby boomers and, you know, millennials and Gen X and Gen Y in how they view the world and the reasons why they're motivated in prior generations there was they they wanted to have the job the focus for them was to build wealth and the younger generations are focused more on creating impact and having their lives have meaning and why they ask so many questions and what motivates them is quite frankly very starkly different and why you see such a push and change in the way the businesses operate now and why you hear, you know, constant tons of buzzwords around how to develop culture and how to focus on culture and why you have all of these different pieces of, you know, trying to attract talent and the way that it's done now versus how it was done in the 70s is so starkly different. You have the old sort of style of command and control that would happen in the baby boomers generation of you will do this because I said, and every single millennial listening, I'm sure remember their parents saying that to them, right? Because that's how they were brought up. And that's how they were raised both personally and in the business world and in their jobs. And that's not something that the younger generation responds to. That's not something that we like to feel. And realistically speaking, I think that we focused as, you know, a species and as, you know, the global culture has changed to be more human. And before that, we were trying to build, you know, economies and, and build tons of houses and focused on different focus, different things. And now we're recognizing and why you have the sort of advent of mental wellness and understanding of how your life has impact and has meaning and Ultimately, what's really important is aligning someone's view of themselves and motivation to your business and to yourself and being able to find people with commonality and have them work together to build a better business. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the things being a part of that younger generation that we, we do. We do. And I think people have done it before, but like we really identify with the work that we're doing. So like the younger generation wants to be proud of saying like, yes, I work for this ESG company, this environmental social, and, and, and they're just out for the good of everything. So it's like, I know that I'm putting my eight hours in to help better the world doing my part. I think that's one of the foundations of the newer workforce. And I think that's also why during the pandemic and like how you're having more of a, a great resonation, because people are like, you know what, maybe now's the time for me to leave 
and focus on things that I want to do that I feel like can help, you know, the world. And just a, a fun factor or, or a nice statistic here is that only 23% of employees can can really tie their company's mission to their goals at work. So it's it's more so I feel like that that statistic there is kind of identifying with the the fact that like employees are starting to realize their voice and their power. Employees are starting to really understand their place in not just the workforce, but the world as well. So it's more so if they don't understand or if they don't align with who it is they're working for, what they're doing, they're more, they're, they're quicker to, you know what, this is not the place for me. I would rather leave. I also feel that in the younger workforce as well, being, or, I mean, being around employees that are like-minded is also just, it's just a bonus. And then also one thing that I, I do also believe that it is kind of, uh, kind of ties back to the, the whole thing of being a leader a lot. I can't remember the, the exact statistic, but people leave jobs because of their managers. It's not because they don't like the work that they're doing. They also, they just leave because like this guy, he, I can't deal with my manager. I may love the job by whole heart, but if I, if I have to deal with somebody who doesn't understand me or doesn't, or I feel like I'm not being heard or I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I love, I love the team. I love everybody, but this person doesn't know how to lead and I can't follow somebody who doesn't know how to lead. I mean, I think that that, that piece of things is so incredibly important, right? I mean, what you're essentially talking about is how to, you know, create a circle of influence, right? Around your team and recognizing how important that influence is. How do you build a relationship? How do you foster respect? And not just respect for your subordinates to you, but mutual respect. And I think that that's, you know, such a massive change of how people view being a leader is that I need to be respected as the manager, as this, you know, leader, as the supervisor. No, that's not how it works. I respect my team members' opinions as much as I, you know, hold my own in high esteem. I think it's incredibly important to have that mutually beneficial relationship and recognizing it that way and that being that you know that hard ass is not going to help you do anything good and i mean ultimately you cannot have a successful agency if you don't have people actually being at the forefront of your business and actually pushing forward that vision actually buying into it and wanting your agency to do well i mean what you're selling is your team members and your talent's time. And if they're not committed to your ethos, to your values, then there's no way that you're going to build a successful business. They're the ones that are interacting with your clients. They're the ones that are serving your clients. They're the ones that are pushing your business forward. They're the ones that are implementing new processes, making sure that those processes are being followed. And how do you do that? How do you force someone to do that? You can't. You know, you have to actually create alignment behind what it is that they want and what it is that the business does. And you have to do that one by example, by, you know, having that mutual respect, having conversations that are so incredibly important. And I mean, I don't know, Darren, you, I, I'm sure have lots of opinions around this, you know, being, you know, my team member as well, working with me every day. And what is your sort of experience and things that you feel? And I, I obviously, I know I'm not a perfect manager, and I think that I've improved and gotten better over time. And what, what would you say is sort of the reason why you continue to want to work with me every day and the difference between, you know, prior positions that you've had? Realistically, it, it all comes down to respect. And that's just the baseline, right? For me, respect is just the baseline. It's like, okay, I respect 
who you are as a person. Like I've been able to interact with you day in, day out, see where your, your vision is for the company, see where your overall compass is as a person. It's like, okay, like, are you easily swayed by somebody offering you money to, Hey, can you illegally forge these documents for me? It's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that for an extra buck. And like, you have such a, a respect for yourself as well when it comes to clients in terms of like the way that the clients interact with not just you, but the team as well. Right. So if a client disrespects the team, you don't care how big the account, you don't care how little the accounts, like you're not going to disrespect my team. I am willing to sever ties with you immediately. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like that, that, that aspect of just like, okay, I know who you are as a person. It's like somebody I can, I can truly follow because it's like, I, I know he has our best interest at heart and I see where the company is going. And it's like, okay, I want to be on board of this ship because like I have trust in the, the relationship that we have, not only as like, just you are like my mentor, but as well as just like the relationship I have with the whole team as well. It's like, okay, we're all going in the same direction and we're all moving forward. And like, I truly trust and respect that. But on the flip side, just because I thought this was funny. So there was one that was now I'm nervous. <laughs> so there there was a time when we had some clients and like we know who like the, the problematic clients are when they're in their management styles. And they just so happened that somebody threw in like he's like, Hey, have you seen what this person talks about your clients like managerial experience and managerial role? And it's like, Oh, okay. So like let's look into what people are saying about the business. And this is one of the aspects that the the client was struggling with. It's just like they weren't able to retain top talent or bring in top talent so like there's this like job board posting and it like tells you like what it's like to work for the agency and a lot of the the reviews were glowing of the overall team but at the management level it was just like like he put up a good front but at the end of the day like he he didn't listen to new ideas he was very stubborn in his approach and like it feels like at a certain certain point they would circumvent his leadership style, right? And so like having a disjointed agency where people don't trust you as the leader of the agency, like how is the agency supposed to grow, supposed to thrive, supposed to successfully um, talk to, to, to clients? It's so successfully, like there's a lot of different things that happen when your agency is disjointed at the top and from the, the head, from the, the rest of the body, it's like, okay, so like, if nobody trusts you and you have that reputation of being like, who's going to come into your agency that's a top tier talent after reading your, basically your Yelp reviews of how you are as a manager. Like I'm not, I, I don't want to work there no matter how much money they're offering me, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, what, what yeah. would, would drive me to, to, to want to be a part of your team? If you don't, if you don't, if your own team doesn't like you. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're describing is really important, right? Because if you're having that, that situation where your team is needing to circumvent you and, you know, go in different directions in order to just, you know, do the baseline necessity of being able to be successful in their job. And I mean, because quite frankly, people don't come to work with the idea of like, you know what, I just want to just do a really bad job today. That's not why people show up to work. And I, I can pretty much guarantee you that your team members don't do that. But if they feel like they have to go outside of you and around you to be successful at their job, they will. And what that ends up doing is actually having you having a bunch of people driving one car in 12 different directions and what ultimately is going to do is rip your business apart. And the thing that's so incredibly important there is sort of what you're talking about is, you know, having emotional intelligence, recognizing where your team members are, 
and caring to know where they are, both in work and out of work. I know for me, I know every single one of you in, in, I mean, in a professional sense, but still know what's going on in your personal lives, the things that you're doing and what, what you're spending on your personal time and the things that interest you outside of work. Like, I care to know. I want to know. And it's building that human relationship. And the same thing I talk about in client management, and it's the same thing to do here with, with your team members is, you know, just be a human. Why is it so hard in the modern world for us to just, you know, be human, care about each other, care about the other human being across that table or, you know, in the Zoom call on the other end of that Zoom call now. I just think it's, you know, really sad that we have focused so much time on dehumanizing ourselves. And ultimately, I think that that's what's so incredibly important about being a leader is how to actually focus on reconnecting with yourself as a human being so that you can be a better version of yourself and, you know, empathize and work with people better and overcome challenges and eventually also learn how to diffuse conflict. Right. I think uh, one thing about that as well is just that as in, in my own managerial journey, it was, it was more so a fact of it's like, yes, you can delegate and tell people what to do, but it's like people have different learning styles. People have different styles of communication that they like to talk to. So hitting on that emotional intelligence point is just like, I could communicate one thing to you one way, but I can't communicate the same way to Joe over here in, in accounting. Right. So it's like, he may understand me, but you're not going to understand the same way I'm saying, or you, you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. Or it's like, you may be going through something mm -hmm. at this time where it's like, okay, well, why is Darren's performance down this month? I like, I've noticed that he's, he's kind of waned a little bit and it may be because like something personal going on and you're like, okay, well, like you had that emotional intelligence. Like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't give this to Darren today because he's going through a lot. Um, and then like, even things like those, like that I noticed, it's like, okay, like your employee will or your, your subordinate will pick up on those things. It's like, you know what, whenever I'm going through a tough time, you know, my team reaches out to me, they do things for me on my birthday, like that, that leadership is like, that also upholds like the, the, the loyalty that I have for the company. It's just like, why would I go anywhere else when like a great mentor, he's very caring and understanding of where I am in my growth cycle. I have a team that supports me as well. It's like, he's cultivated that environment of just like more so family, because realistically I spend eight plus hours with you guys every day, right? <laughs> so it's like, we, at some point, guys, we, we're we all together, like this is my tribe. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think there's also yeah. that understanding is just like, yes, guys, we're at a baseline level, respect, admiration, like, come on. At some point, it should be common sense. Well, I wanna thank you. You definitely have made me feel, you know, quite good as a team member and as a boss today. It definitely has worn my heart hearing the things that you've enjoyed. And I, I also wanna thank you for not really throwing me under the bus, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw myself under the bus <laughs> here for a moment. So, you know, I'm also a very, you know, analytical mind, you know, um, surprise, surprise is, you know, growing up as an accountant and that's just who I am, a type, total type A. But one of the things that I, has the way that I function mentally that I realized over time that I had to really focus on being more present, which then resulted in me needing to starting to meditate more and slow myself down more and think about things more. So what, what I was doing was I would have conversations with people, clients and team members and the like, and I would say something. And before the, the team member, the person I was talking to would finish the sentence, I've already completed the sentence in my head of what they were going to say. I've started to formulate what I was going to say and what they were going to respond with. So it actually ended up making me be emotionally removed from the situation because like now I'm just like processing data now is what my brain's doing of like all the different possibilities of responses and reactions. So now I'm like trying to curate things. But 
trying to pick the right words, but recognizing that 98% of what we communicate is not actually in what we actually say. So I'm like curating my words, but not actually being physically, I was physically there. I just wasn't emotionally there, you know? And the recognition over time that I had to slow myself down and actually be more present with my team in those moments and not trying to like get through the conversation as quickly as I could and trying to manufacture the relationship sometimes of what I was doing. And I think it's really important to recognize, you know, that there's that emotional intelligence component is so incredibly important in being able to really build a, you know, approachable, connected, meaningful tribe. And that's true outside of work as much as it's true in the office. And I just think it's really important to build and foster that relationship with your team and recognizing yourself what aspects of you should be improved upon and what pieces you should do. And I think it really does start with you as a person and recognizing all those flaws that you have, then they're okay that you have flaws and every single person has them, but recognizing what they are so that you can either have someone come in that's going to be better at not responding that way or acting that way or being triggered that way, but being able to compliment you in an appropriate fashion. And then the items that you can change that you should. I remember my business manager, and I won't say her name to spare her, but there was many, many years ago, and we've worked together now for well, about 14 years now. I think it's kind of wild that when she like first was getting to know me, and I think this was like two months into our getting to know each other on a professional level, and she like one day was looked quite irritated. And I asked her, you know, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. And I'm like, no, no, some, something's wrong. And she was like, no, no, no. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong. And eventually she like un unleashed on me and like told me, and she was like, Robert, you're just so annoying. And like started telling me all the things that I do that are really irritating her. And she like, at the end of the conversation, like realized what she <laughs> said to her, to her manager. And I was like, okay. And she was like, that's it. And I was like, yeah, I'll just stop doing the things that annoy you. She was like, it's that simple. It's, yeah. I, I didn't know that it would annoy you. I don't know you that way. And it's, that communication that allows for it to be, and I personally wasn't offended by it. It's just like, I have weird personal quirks like every person <laughs> does, you know? And apparently it wasn't something that she enjoyed. And I learned that and I stopped doing those things and we have a better relationship for it. And now I've been working together for well over a decade. And I just think it's fun to recognize all those different pieces of yourself that you do have and how you think and how you process and just being the best person you can be. And that's ultimately how I think you become a good leader is just be the best version of yourself you can be. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. 
I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I gotta I got sell, I gotta sell, I gotta sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.